0: we're going to start with amy amy what did you bring oh i dropped it already (laughs) (laughs) what is that it's a drawing oh drawing
1: (laughs) it's a drawing of Can you see it? It's a hand holding up to like a mirror with a darker hand coming back. Oh, okay. The shadow of the the hand. Is that okay?
0: (laughs) We'll hear more about this drawing in a second. Thank you, Amy.
2: And Rebecca, what did you bring? Well, actually, I brought a song. Okay. What is the song? Okay. It's the Beatles. We all know this song. I'm looking through you. Where did you go? I thought I knew you. What did I know? You don't look different, but you have changed. I'm looking through you. You're not the same. Mm, What's the name of that song? I'm looking through you. Looking through you by the Beatles.
1: Excellent.
2: Best best part is the second part. And it's just real quick. So I'll tell it real quick. Um, Why tell me why did you not treat me right? love has a nasty habit of disappearing overnight the projections have fallen off (laughs) all
0: right well you know we got a karaoke singer on our hands
2: (laughs) well first of all thank you
0: two ladies amy and rebecca we're in for a treat (laughs) trick or treat (laughs) in our in our session of not quite strangers my name is valerie hope i am your host and this is an opportunity. I bring two people together who don't know each other to have a, have a conversation that inspires curiosity, builds connection, and disrupts the status quo. You can already see it started. It started. <laughs> more than anything grateful for conversations like this because these two ladies, so happens I've met and worked with both of them personally, and both have been really wonderful additions to my own personal growth in my life. So Amy, you and I know each other because we're both certified through Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute as executive coaches, but your take on coaching and the brand that you bring is really about amping up people's spiritual intelligence, which I know for me has been an important part of my own growth and evolution as a coach. And you helped me tap into really specific things around how spiritual intelligence shows up, in conversations as leaders. And so really grateful that you are here because I think, um, yeah, you take something that everybody does and turns it on its head basically. And you also, in one of our sessions, we had a group session about a year or so ago, brought up something around shadow and you had to set up cards. And that was one of the first times that I started to realize how much shadow was running as aspects of my life. And literally, I want to say maybe weeks or days after we did that session, Amy, I ran into Rebecca (laughs) at a wellness expo where Rebecca was speaking and Rebecca, you had a booth at this session. And at first I remember sitting, your, your, yours was probably the only session that I sat in through from beginning to end because the information that you were sharing was so on point. It was about relationships and how projections happen and I was like, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. And then after the session, I was just like, oh, okay, that was cool, thank you. I had a lot of, I was part of the organizing committee, so I was running around doing all sorts of things. And somehow someone literally led me to your booth because they were looking for it and I knew where it was and I I led them there and I ended up staying (laughs) because I was like, I need something you have. And you you and I have done a couple of sessions as well around the shadow which is your expertise and I've learned so much from that conversation that you know and I knew that the two of you I would have to find something special or someone special to have this conversation with so I knew I'm like I want both of you to be on this podcast but who can I find and ta-da you both showed up so thank you all but thank you both for being a part of this podcast welcome to not quite strangers thank you thank
1: you Thanks for having us.
0: (laughs) Why did you guys say yes? Let's start with that. Why did you say yes to this? To meeting a stranger on a podcast?
2: Because I actually watched several of your podcasts and I found them fascinating. So I thought it would be a cool experience. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, I did. I said yes
1: because I've done a bunch of solo podcasts or just as a guest or as a host. So I thought it would be cool, a cool interaction. With more than one guest, and see how it goes.
0: I Well, I know for the, I know the two of you are cool. I don't know about how the whole podcast is gonna go, <laughs> but it'll be fun. We'll explore it <laughs> as we go. Um, and you know, the area that stood out to me because I've done the work with the two of you, um, and both of you have this in common. is was this idea of the shadow and and projections and how that influences how people move in the world. So before we go into the objects that you brought that represent that, can you, either of you or both of you maybe give your give us your version of what is the shadow and what impact does it have on people's lives, just so people know what they what we're talking about?
1: Well, I'm sure Rebecca's gonna go a lot deeper than me because it's a bigger part of her work. But for me, it's just that deep, unconscious, something that you've shoved down within you that you're afraid to take a look at, to put it into simplistic terms, and then you project it onto others. And you see it in them, but you don't see it in yourself. And it's sometimes amplified in that other purpose, in that other person, because you've shoved it down so much within yourself and Mm -hmm. you're not acknowledging it within you. Got that.
0: Rebecca, what would you add?
2: And for me, it's both positive and negative because we will project our best parts onto another person mm. and fall madly in love with them, and yeah. that's like our hidden gold. And we will put that on another person and think that it's them, but it's actually a part of our own unconscious we haven't fall- we haven't found out about yet. And then the shadow is also, of course, things we're in denial about that we've suppressed, that we've repressed, that you know, we're unconscious that we don't. We don't want to be, we don't want to be thought of like that. And we are like that. Ooh. So this is stuff, it's
0: interesting because it, I think from both of your perspectives, this is an opportunity for us to have a clear picture of who we are in the world, right? The things that may be constraining us because we're afraid to confront or have to have, um, what's the word? Um, yeah, it's curiosity about Right to be open about and discover that could have a huge impact on how we move in the world. Really, really cool. Okay, so you each, you know, I asked you each to bring an item that kind of represents this for you. And, um, Amy, you said you brought this, you showed us the drawing. So tell us a little bit more about the drawing.
1: So this is, I have an artist that works for create magic at work, and she does all the illustrations. and you know you brought up how it's incorporated in my work and it is this is the art piece for the version of my book that just came out that talks about shadow work and it has some questions for everyone to consider because it is something i sort of went through this year um, diving into that unconscious piece and i love how rebecca just shared that you can actually project the positives within yourself onto others as well and that I'm sure ties into crushes and love and things like that. Um, but yeah, for me, it represents flexible persistence and sending love to that that deep part within you that um, you can recognize and shine a light on. Flexible persistence.
0: Interesting, okay. Yeah. I'm
1: gonna come back to you because
0: I, I, we wanna hear more about what work you've done and also this idea of flexible persistence. And Rebecca, you have your Beatles song that you, that you belted out for us. What is the meaning of that song for you? And how is that connected to your shadow as far as you're concerned?
2: Well, I wrote a chapter in my book called Why is Love So Scary? And in that chapter, I talk about how quickly relationships can end. And all of a sudden, when the projections fall off, who are you? And the other person feels like, why, oh, why did you not treat me right? Love has a nasty habit of disappearing overnight. And that's because all of that illusion is disappearing. And the feeling is intense. You know, where before you were madly in love, now you're repulsed. And every one of us has gone through this because it's archetypal. It's the way the unconscious does that. It puts it puts itself on another person so we can see it. And then they might be a little bit like that but they're not exactly like that. You know, we're seeing through rose-colored glasses when we first fall in love.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny. And you both probably know this because I'm sure we've talked about some aspect of this during our sessions when I was doing one-on-ones with you. But I I remember sharing, or I could just share for those that don't know, I remember my ex-husband, I one of the things I was so... Um, I admire so much about him is his freedom to express himself. He's Argentinian. Um, he's very, you know, when he was frustrated about something, you would know. When he was saddened or nostalgic about something, you would know. And I also I found that so compelling because I'm like, oh my gosh, he just like says what's there, and he's so honest and up, you know, upfront. But eventually, to your point, Rebecca, I remember I would come up the stairs. <laughs> he knows this. So I'm not saying anything out of turn, but I would come up the stairs to our apartment. And if I heard tango music playing, I knew that he was homesick or feeling sad about something. And if I just come home from work and I was just like, you know, in HR, I'm hearing about everybody else's challenges and issues. I'm like, sometimes I would turn around and go to the supermarket. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not I'm, ugh, no. mother, <laughs> I'm in the mood, ugh, nostalgia, ugh. but I realized that for me, projecting to him, he was the one to carry all the emotional expression in the relationship because I was much more closed off emotionally. And it's like this 12, last 12 months have been pretty big months, big year for me in emotional expression, both expressing sadness, expressing anger, the two emotions that I was least comfortable with. And a lot of it, I want to credit the two of you for the work that you both have done because I think Amy, you're the one that first showed it to me when you showed me that devil card. I was just like, what? What? And, then, and then Rebecca going through your course online I started to kind of piece things together and I was like,
2: Oh,
0: so this Mm. stuff is powerful. (laughs) Y'all I'm just telling you when you're ready for it. So, so I want to, I want to talk about that. Like, how did you guys know you were ready? Obviously you help other people. So I'm sure you've done some of your own stuff around this. What work have you guys done for yourselves in this? And
2: how did you know you were ready to teach it or to share it? oh my God, when I first started teaching, I had 250 note cards. I was scared to death. I practically wrote every word I was going to say so that I could be comfortable speaking in public. But I I learned about it through projecting. You know, obviously I projected myself onto this priest who was Mm. studying to become a Jungian analyst. And I thought he was cynical and depressed and negative. And I couldn't stand him and I left, (laughs) I couldn't stand him and I left his presence and Mm -hmm. I came home and I obsessed about it, which is one of the ways that you will find out about your shadow is you'll obsess about it. And Mm -hmm. I remembered this report that I had ordered in 1988 and it, it was a, a psychological horoscope analysis report by Liz Green. And she is one of the world's most famous Jungians and an analyst and she is an astrologer like most famous astrologers let's put it that way anyway it said in there that i was cynical and depressed in the shadow and i'm like i don't know i don't not like that and i put it in the closet and forgot about it well when i met that priest i remembered. i remembered i came home that afternoon at four o'clock and i was obsessing about how i should go give him a positive thinking tape (laughs) because I saw him as cynical and depressed and he was going through something. So he was, I wasn't imagining things, but I made an appointment with him after I read this. And I went to meet him and I told him what I saw. And he said, you weren't imagining things. And I'm teaching a 12 week course at the Jung center on analytical psychology. And I signed up.
0: Wait, so this is after that day that you (laughs) walked out because you couldn't stand to be around him. You read your report, you went back, had a conversation with him, and then you studied with him? Mm-hmm. I've studied with him 30 years now. Whoa. Okay, wait, wait. All right. So what was it <laughs> that you This was you're...
2: 1990.
0: Yeah. But so, Rebecca, what was it that you saw, or what did you have to come to terms with? terms with in order for you to
2: go back to him and have that more powerful, meaningful conversation? Okay. The first part of that story was left out. A friend of mine was giving me some cassettes of his to listen to. One of them was about the shadow, and I didn't understand what that was, number one. And then there were three or four others, but he was really making me think. And I wanted to go put a face on on these cassettes I was listening to. Mm -hmm. So I went with her to the Sunday school class, and then I went with her to the mass, and I was sitting there seething. I couldn't stand him. I wanted to get out of there. She could feel it. And she said, do you want to leave? And I'm like, yes. I just thought, oh my God, he's so cynical. I come home and I, re- I thought about him and thought about him and thought about him and wouldn't let me go. So the unconscious will keep messing with you if you are ready. I was ready. I went to the closet and I pulled this out and I read it. And I'm like, oh my God. Now I could identify with that part of me. I I was happy-go-lucky. You could have pulled me off the ceiling. I was like Miss Peter Pan, and seriously, I was like like so positive thinking, and everything happens for a reason. And why be upset? And you know, I was kind of like Pollyanna, Um, and so when you know meeting him was huge, huge, you know, and taking his twelve-week course was life-changing. Man. Oh, that was a brave move.
0: Amy, I see you over there rocking and nodding. I'm (laughs) curious what's going through your
1: head. (laughs) So to me, she's describing some, some things I've heard or seen before. If somebody, you know, if you're at a cocktail party and somebody just repels you Mm. and you don't, you just don't want to talk to that person, you actually should stay curious and figure out why you have that energetic feeling. I I think it was Gary Zukov who shared this. He wrote The Seat of the Soul, that that's how he met his wife. He (laughs) was like, I don't want anything to do with this lady across the room. (laughs) Why don't I even want to deal with her? And then he stopped himself, if I remember his story correctly, and and was like, why am I feeling this way? I'm going to stay curious about it. And I'm going to go uncover it. And she's describing this long relationship she ended up having as a as her teacher um because she explored it a little bit further and Mm -hmm. possibly you know why is that coming up for you energetically go figure out and discover why instead of just running away running away so that's why i was like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) how's that play in your life amy Oh my gosh. So it's so deep. And when you ask how it all came up, I mean, this really came up for me the past couple of years when I left my corporate job, I got into coaching, all this stuff. When lockdown hit with the pandemic, it was, I just felt like everybody, at least in my social media feeds or the leadership workshops and information we were inundated with, this is how you do this. Here's the advice you take. Here's this. And I just, Personally, maybe I'm projecting, (laughs) but I was so fed up with it. I was like, we've got to start shining the light on our shadow within to create some healing in the world and stop pointing the finger at other people at what they need to heal. And so I started getting into shadow work a little bit. As you know, that was like part of that group session we had. And I ended up putting an extra version in my book with just some questions for people to think about on their own shadow, not giving advice in that way. And sure enough, once I started doing all this stuff started coming up for me, the universe was like, oh, you are going to write about this and you're going to work on this. Okay, great. Well, you better back up your talk and let us give you quite a few things that you get to work through. Mm. I didn't account for that. (laughs) So that
2: was super fun. (laughs) and the interesting thing is it doesn't end it doesn't you know I still you know 30 years later after teaching this and writing my book I know that there's still parts of me that are that are missing so it is really really cool how the universe will bring those people to you and you're right if you stay open and curious like why is this pushing my buttons yeah
0: Why, why do you think that's so scary? I guess is the word that comes to mind. That why, when we feel confronted about something, goodness, goodness knows, I know I've had those moments where I'm just like, oh, I'm so over this person. Oh, I can't stand it. Or when something makes me really like uncomfortable. And you're right, Rebecca, I noticed the more obsessive nature of my thoughts about it. I'm like, why was that such a big deal? Like, why do I care that much? It was like a moment in time, but that keeps like replaying in my head. And, and it's fascinating to know that that's actually a great lesson in store. Like, like it's kind of like a little Kinder egg, you know, those little chocolate <laughs> eggs from Germany that have toys inside, but they just look like a plain old like Easter egg. But inside like this kind of dark outside, right? Something that's uncomfortable or, or fear, you know, that we've experienced some kind of fear. To your point, I think both of you said, if you stay curious enough, yeah, you know, that that gives us access to something quite rich. How do we, how do we embrace that though, rather than repel it? Especially when I mean, you two are the people in my life who have been very um, in tune and I think very upfront about dealing with it. In general, though, those are not the conversations that I would say I engage in on a regular. Most people are just kind of trying to get through whatever they're trying to get through, not go deep into the, into the cave like the two of you are talking about. So how, how do we do that?
1: Well, I, so for everything that I'm thinking right now or, or wanting to share is if something comes up for you, it, like I, we just shared a story that this man met his wife because he explored, yeah. you know, it could be something different. I want to be really clear on that. It could be something coming up for you that maybe you need to exercise boundary setting with, with Mm -hmm. someone, it could be uh, on that front. So, you know, I, I guess I just want to clarify, you know, don't always deep dive into exploring that it's going to be this like super (laughs) love relationship. It could (laughs) be
2: something else. And
1: so to that point, and I'd love to hear what Rebecca thinks of this. You know, that's the part for me that I learned this year that yes, you can run to experts and get their advice. Yes. You could have someone pull a card for you. Yes. You can have your astrology chart read, but at the same time, you have to sit with yourself Mm. and you have to make A decision from your own inner wisdom and your higher self that's right for you. Mm. And so while you're going through your day, whether you're busy or not, you are going to be presented with different feelings towards people throughout the day, your personal relationships, whatever those are. I say, sit with that and get access to your inner wisdom. As far as how you want to handle it, is this person presenting themselves because Maybe there's a lesson that you need to exercise in boundary setting, or are they somebody you need to explore further in a deep relationship and figure that out? And it takes some time, maybe. And I can tell you my biggest mistake of uh, 2021 was running to experts nonstop. (laughs) You know, tell me what, how the stars are aligned and and what's going on because, and what happened was I gave away my responsibility to make decisions for my life. Mm. And I lost, I was, you know, if you, my, the SQ assessment I give, I was hitting at like a level five, which is the highest for seeking guidance from your higher self. I'll tell you what I dropped to a zero when my life presented some challenging times because just for safety reasons, I was running to experts to make decisions for me. Hmm. And then at the same, that was the lesson. I had to get it back. I had to Uh-oh. come back to me. So oh. I don't know if that fully answered that, but yeah. Well, yeah. I see Rebecca's head shaking over there. So
2: what's, what's going through your head there? Well, that's why I call it work. We have to do the inner work. Yeah. And we really do have to go within. It is between us and our higher power how much we're going to actually absorb and get and it takes time some things have to come back two and three times before we actually get it Mm. and we have to be patient with ourselves and other people when they're not getting it yeah when you're teaching something and you want everybody to get it you know you think it's so wonderful you know and you're like they don't get it you know (laughs) Duh, you know, <laughs> and just being really willing to just accept people where they are and when they're ready, they will. Mm. And if, to me, when somebody moves in with me, like, you know, if somebody actually comes and moves in with me, they're going to change. Mm. I'm going to change through knowing them. Mm. So it is a two-way, it's a two-way thing that's going on, but it is all inner work. Huge you
0: know, you know, I mentioned earlier, the, the work that two of you guys kind of teed off for me was anger, which I never would have thought was ever something to deal with. But um, I remember, you know, so Amy, you pulled a card and, and it was, I can't remember exact, I was having a lot of back pain, right? Mm-hmm. So chronic back pain over years, really, but it had, it was particularly painful last year. And and you know, to your point, I think both of you have said in some way, shape or form, like the universe keeps bringing back that, that irritation, right? Whether that's a person or it's a mood or mm. maybe it's physical. But in that case, it was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Like, I haven't done anything different. Why does this keep coming back? And it's almost like someone's knocking, knocking like, okay, pay attention to me. So Amy pulls this card and the card was like a devil card. And she's like, look at your shadow side. And I was like, why Why the devil? I'm, like you, Rebecca, I'm like, I'm kind of positive and I'm helping people and I'm out there <laughs> doing the good work. Why is there a devil <laughs> showing up? And then Rebecca, something in your course, when I was doing it, provoked a thought about, I remember some time when I was in seventh grade and someone got into a fight in front of me and how I just froze no one ever messed with me I didn't get into fights with people but around me when there was conflict I often froze and it took me back to my family and my parents Always, they know I talk about the poor souls on my podcast dad was like super assertive and aggressive and he when he was upset everybody knew you could feel it mom she was like super positive. Don't worry about it. Let's change the subject. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so she didn't want to deal with it, and I just froze. I end up in like in the middle of that because I thought, you know, losing my temper is not worth it. I hate it when my dad did that. Putting a silver lining on it didn't feel comfortable to me. Except my mom did that, so I I used to deal with it here, and and obviously a lot of it got stuck in my body. But I think something you guys both said that's interesting is somehow it always comes up and out, (laughs) but it didn't have to, for me, it wasn't like now I'm yelling at people and going into road rage. It didn't do that at all. It wasn't like repressing the anger meant somehow I was going to burst into anger, but now I realize, okay, ow, my back hurts. That means I'm, I need to have a conversation with somebody that I'm not having or what haven't I, haven't I shared or haven't I expressed out loud? And sometimes I don't even have to say it to the person. I just have to acknowledge it. Um, and once I say it out loud, it's like the tension goes away. Um, so I just, I would love to hear from, from the two of you, what's been like the biggest shift in your own lives since you started doing this work? Like what Because I want people to see that maybe it's not the love of your life, right? Like you said, Amy, maybe it's not the teacher that you'll follow for 30 years. But what is on the other side of handling that shadow in a way that's creative and productive?
2: Before answering that, can I say something to what you were talking about? Absolutely. Sure. There's a a huge fear that people have that if they do shadow work and when they hear the dark side, they think that you're going to become evil. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this big fear that I will become like that. What yeah. I do not tolerate in other people. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. And why would you want me to? And so the fear is that you will overdo and become that. But the truth is you actually really badly need it. You know, if it's anger in particular, when somebody cannot get angry, it's living against them because it will go into the body. I had a rash from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, and it would just erupt periodically. And I would go, what is this about? And my brother's a doctor. And he said, it's psychosomatic. There's no physical reason for you to have that rash. Mm. And I started journaling right afterwards what happened right before and I started asking and if you ask your unconscious your unconscious will work with you Mm. so I did I was personally asking in my journal what is this about and why do I have this rash and then one Sunday a friend you know my sister made a comment to me about myself that brought a man's face that I knew into my mind at that moment. And I realized, oh my God, I am just like him. The rash never came back. Who's under your skin? It was exactly that literal. And Louise Hayes book says that. Uh, So it was, and I've had like four trans. (laughs) immediate healings of getting a shadow quality and then a physical thing changed wow. it's it's pretty profound how our psyche and our soma are connected Oof. Mm. And, and the forgiveness was automatic too it was like oh my god i forgave him for being like me i could feel it in my body
0: you forgave him for being I forgave like gave him because i was just like
2: him Mm. That's pretty huge. That's profound. Think of all the people who are sick out there who need to look at their their shadow, who need to yeah. look, recognize how their psyche, yeah. you know, the psyche is is connected to the soma and it is we're creating these things. Yeah. Very the body speaks quite literally. I love the book by Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. I, love, I use mm. that a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah that just I've had some physical ailments as well, just to you know riff off that. i I guess what I want to say is when we're talking about working with our our shadow and doing shadow work, it's like it's not easy, and maybe that's why some people don't want to do it, and at times I have been like, screw that, you know, like I'm good right now. I don't need any more lessons. I want to go stand up paddleboard with my boyfriend and go have a cocktail. Like I'm good universe. Thank you. Like, Like I'm good for the year. We're all done. Um, but the, the benefits of coming out of the working through the dark woods and coming out to the clearing is kind of the way I felt when I've, when I've done, gone through some things have outweighed, uh, being stuck in the dark woods, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, just, you know, an example and yes, I totally believe that yes, physical ailments can, you know, come from holding on to maybe energy that you need to acknowledge or release, or that maybe a physical ailment can just come from maybe a genetic disposition too. I I think I can hold both of those polarities in the same space. Um, however, I definitely feel that, it's so funny that I'm podcasting and interviewing all this stuff because I definitely felt like I didn't have a voice when I was younger Mm -hmm. and I didn't speak up when I could, or I didn't know how. And, you know, before I got into spiritual intelligence and energy work and all of these things, you know, to me, part of that manifested in my thyroid, I had to have my thyroid removed. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand why. And I think it was all of this throat area. Um, And maybe if I had recognized that energy a little bit sooner, I wouldn't have had these growths on my thyroid and wouldn't have had to have them removed. I felt like there was a blockage there. So I definitely believe in both. And I think it's always good to have a healthy balance there of, you know, diving into clearing those areas. Mm. energy clearing, if you will, or what, or yeah. shadow work or whatever that, whatever works for you. So yes.
2: of, stuff. of course, not everything is uh, psychosomatic because, you know, there are congenital and mm. Mm. inherited genes and things that happen, but when it is psychosomatic, it is really interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and just the, I think both of you have touched on this, the acknowledge you don't even have to talk to the person no and somehow you, it frees you're free it yeah. frees you up the energy frees up and uh, the recognition of it frees mm-hmm. you
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's you know it's
0: fascinating i was just having this <laughs> conversation the other day with my mom or a couple of other friends so what's happening in the last few couple of years right around the inclusion and diversity, there's so much the reckoning, I guess you could call it, that's happening, I think is really fascinating. And I think it's bringing up for a lot of us, some sort of shadows that we haven't dealt with collectively, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's an individual, as a group, as a nation. So I'm curious about your take. And especially when, you know, when I hear anger or shame or guilt or like these very powerful feelings and it reminds me of a book um I don't talk about this book very often but I think you guys might appreciate it power versus force by David Hawkins have you heard of it
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so really powerful book and one of the in one of the sections he talks about he ranks all the different energies of emotion probably the best way I could imagine I could explain it and when it comes to guilt, shame, fear, those are like the lowest energies possible. So when we're dealing with fixing problems or addressing issues based on a reaction from guilt, shame, fear, generally the outcome is not going to be the most empowering for us or for the people Hmm. who we're hoping to impact. Um, So anyways, as I I was kind of reflecting on those thoughts and I was thinking how much of what we do either to protect ourselves or to protect other people are rooted in guilt, shame, fear, right? And, and all these shadow figures that we kind of ignored, if you will. So I'm curious, what, what are some thoughts that you
1: guys have about that, if any? I, I, I mean, my thoughts on all of that is, <clears throat> it's an SQ skill with spiritual intelligence, the awareness of the interconnectedness of life. Mm-hmm. And you have to skill build in that area if you're into this kind of thing, which most people are. I have a ton of thoughts on that. So the first the first part is the skill building piece and making sure that you work on your awareness that we are all interconnected. So I have an exercise I can share with you if (laughs) we should do it. Let's do it. I mean, well, it's one you can do like when you leave or whatever, but if you're driving down the road, it's from the, the Moses code. Have you heard of the Moses code? Well, you mm-hmm. you both of you are in this space. So I didn't, I thought you might have. <laughs> um, it's basically saying that the Bible was misinterpreted. And when God, when Moses went and God revealed his name and he said, I am, I am that I am, mm-hmm. that the comma was placed in the wrong spot. And God was saying, I am that I am. I am that comma I am. Mm-hmm. And So an exercise you can do, in your life and it's super very powerful i get choked up when i talk about it is um if you drive down the street <laughs> you can point to just different people and just say i am that i am mm. i am that i am and you just keep doing it and it brings up this energetic awareness within you that we are all connected and that you are that and it gives you mm. um access to your inner wisdom and your higher self when you make decisions in your life and how that ripple effect goes out into the world so this guilt shame fear i was thinking oh well fear is underlying from anger most of the time right or grief Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we we dig into that and and what gives me pause is when people are operating from a space A very, very rigid belief, and nothing will change their belief. That is very dangerous to me, one way or another, because the world changes so much. We have to live with the paradox that our life is both extremely profound, yet also a tiny piece of the history of the universe. Mm -hmm. There was at one point a time where people thought the earth was flat. So we can never be too rigid in our beliefs. And we have to be open to morphing and changing throughout Mm. history and time.
2: Mm. Cheers to that. Um, How I would look at guilt, shame, and fear and all of that is that that's part of the process that we have to experience all of the things that we feel. We can't run away from feeling guilt, shame, or fear. Guilt actually informs us that we should have done better Mm. fear informs us that we are in danger mm-hmm. uh shame is that they said something to us that took us back into the, our little child mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and we all have we all experience the whole gamut of all of this mm-hmm. at different times in our lives but what I you know what I really resonate with and what I loved about Jung is that he said that we had had to all go through all of this in order to heal, and mm-hmm. healing doesn't take place on positive thinking levels. It takes place in going into the underworld. Mm. So if we were going to heal by being good, 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 we would be great now, wouldn't <laughs> we? Because we have years and years of of religions mm. uh, behind us all. And that has not solved the major problems in this world. Mm -hmm. He said the problems in this world would be solved when each person took ownership of their own shadow. Mm. And that is the the only way to not project it. So what you said is true. I am that. I am. I am all of that. And who was it that said nothing foreign, you know, nothing that's human is foreign to me. Mm -hmm. right because we're everything we are all everything and when you look at an astrological birth chart every single archetype is represented just because you happen to be a Scorpio or you happen to be an Aries or you happen to be a Leo doesn't mean that's all you are you're actually all 12 of the zodiac signs which to me is just the circle of life of the soul Each one of these archetypes is in everyone, but we all have a different combination of them. And the parts of us that are in conflict are the ones we project. Mm. And that's why I love what I do, because I can look at the chart and I can hear your story and then I can look at your chart and go, this part of you is being repressed. Yeah, Also you. Mm-hmm. You see, this is I had a lady that came to me who could not stand her daughter-in-law her daughter-in-law was a Scorpio and she was an Aries and she's like I cannot stand her what is wrong with all this and I look at her birth chart and she has the moon and Mars conjunct in Scorpio she does she could only see that as her daughter-in-law but get this, our parents are in us. So we marry our parents. So he had married his mother. That's the second chapter in my book. Our parents are partners in our seventh house. So we actually marry the archetypes that we are not aware of so that we can integrate them.
0: It's Rebecca. Perfect. I tried telling my mom this. she did not. Well, first of all, I don't do this Rebecca is like a master astrologer, so I don't always speak that language, but I tried sharing that particular thing about marrying our parents and projections of our parents and unresolved issues coming up in relationship. And I wasn't able to articulate it quite well. Um, So I'm curious about what, what is it about? I don't know what the right question is here other than I had my mom was sharing something about her own parents growing up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like grandpa, because remember X, Y, Z. And she's like, no, no, that's not. And I'm like, but dad like, no, that's not, what does that have to do with it? So I had a, a difficult time actually connecting the dots. It's not really explicit. So how do you have somebody see, and maybe it is not my job to have her see anything really. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm working on my own stuff. Gosh knows she needs to do her own work, not me doing it for her. But I'm curious about how do you help your clients? And this is for both of you. You both work with clients who are likely struggling with some area of life that's really painful. How do you create the space to make it safe enough for them to see things that may have been, they may have been resisting for a long time. What do you-
2: Oh, go ahead. Yeah, what do you do? I- Who's going to go first? Go ahead, <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> I had a unique experience last weekend or what, three weekends ago at Waxahachie when I presented at the Wellness Expo. Um, I ha- my title is Seventh House Astrologer and Relationship Alchemist, right? That's what I have been uh, marketing myself as for the last few years. And a couple came in and sat down and they said, what is that? What is Seventh House? And what is shadow? What is that? And what is an alchemist? And so I sat down with them and I just kind of briefly said it. And she looked at him and he looked at her and he said, she said, I want to do this. And do you want to? And he said, yes. So they, I said, okay, I only do one person at a time. I don't do two people together because they lie. (laughs) They do. it's too uncomfortable. It's too vulnerable for, for somebody to look at your birth chart. And so I, I said, I'll spend 20 minutes with her and then 20 minutes with you. And then you all come back. If you want to ask me questions, you can ask me questions. Well, at the very end of all of this, he was like, wow, who would have thought a relationship and marriage counselor, astrological, who would have thought that, you know, and he was astounded that I could see the things that I could see in their birth charts. And I, she sat down and they were like, well, we have a question about a problem we we're having. And I answered it. And they were like, wow, mm. they were, he married his mother. She married her mother. And so I told them, you look, your moon's in Libra and he's a Libra. And you know, like that, I pointed it out. I said, you married your mother. And he, we say that to each other all the time. You're just like my mother. You're just mm. like my mother. We say that to each other all the time. Well, guess what? They're in you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You're like that. But you don't want to be because you don't want to be like your mother. And so, therefore, you marry it so that you can (laughs) see. I feel like that. And then, now, what do we do with that? We balance it. We balance it. We come to the middle. That's the whole key. We need to meet each other halfway in all of this. I ended up spending the weekend with them Mm. through a, a bunch of circumstances that happened. And it was, it was outstanding just to be in their presence. And they said to me, you need to remove all that. You need to call yourself a relationship, marriage and relationship fixer because you help fix us. And Mm -hmm. they've been struggling with it by going to therapy. They've been struggling with it by reading books. They had been at each other's throats. And he said, I'm like, totally relieved now. I mean, this is like so helpful. More people need to know about you you know? And so making them feel safe is getting to their archetypes and saying this or that about them that they know about. Yeah. They felt real safe because they could identify with those things. I presented a few things about her that she could identify with before I ever go to the shadow. You know, I'm not going to go to your shadow. I'm not going to go to the jugular. right. <laughs> Going to start with the, the things I can see that are, you know, help helpful to each person in their relationships, and then put them together to do the, the hard part.
1: Mm.
2: And the hard part is saying, I am like my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the hard part. I am like my father. And you know, here's your father, he's angry, you don't want to be anything like that. Okay, well, guess what? For every single time that you're angry, and you say nothing, it's going into the unconscious. Mm. And the more and more and more it builds into the unconscious, the more you're going to attract people somehow synchronistically to show you how angry you are. Uh, It's profound. profound. To me, it's profound. It's like whatever we refuse to be, it's going to follow us. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Everywhere I go, there I am.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for me, my my client work is more in the workplace with leaders in the workplace. So it's more just coaching, you know, how can you detach from outcomes? How can you make wise and compassionate decisions in this way? Um, so it's a little bit different work than what Rebecca does. I I definitely in the deep moments just hold space for those. And I it's not like I'm going to do... I don't often do tarot unless I'm in a really deep relationship with a with a client. Um, and also, I really want to point out with this conversation that we've talked about a lot of deep work and deep stuff and the benefits of it and how it can transform energy. Who, At the same time, we are humans on the planet and we need to enjoy it. And when you dive into the ocean with shadow work or trauma work or whatever comes up for you, you need to come up for air Mm -hmm. and give yourself time to enjoy life and not always go so deep. That's my opinion. Um, Because in a lot of the spaces I'm in, we talk about the nervous system, the polyvagal theory, all of those different things. Trauma work is a big piece on social media right now that comes up in the algorithms Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's great if it helps you at the same time. um, Just to reiterate, you know, there's times where you have to come up for air and enjoy life because if you're that deep in the ocean, you're going to train your nervous system to always be in that deep, dark space. And that's not good either. That's I don't know thinking. if that makes sense, yeah. but I really wanted to, you know, get that out there. Karaoke parties. Yeah, there I mean, you go, yeah. right? <laughs> <Every> <laughs> we, Friday. We so- yeah. Then, karaoke to pride, out, yes. We are meant, Friday. To, yeah, we're meant to have great yeah. lives and we should receive that.
0: I think what you're really pointing to that, is yeah. just the that fact one. that we have is a harmony right if all you have in the song is the line, <laughs> it's a very boring song it could be really tedious it could add you know a nice balance if you add a lot more harmony to it I think life is that way too that we have both the the bass and we have the soprano and we have of everything in between the challenge I think is how do you play a full sheet of music as opposed to only playing, if I'm only used to playing the melody, or I'm mm-hmm. only used to playing the bass? we We have the capacity, I think what I'm getting from this conversation is that each of us individually have the capacity to play a full sheet of music wholly, completely on our own, and then we can bring in other instruments that sound different, but they can also play a full sheet of music on their own and mm-hmm. complement each other. Um, so, and it is absolutely fun. I think what I've learned, you know, in spite of the fact that anger and sadness were the two emotions that have been the most prevalent in the last year, what it's done is given me such a range. Mm. I'm not out there yelling at people or doing anything crazy, but I feel like I have meaningful conversations about how I feel frustrated about something in the moment, or I can let go of it in the moment and no longer has to like control my, I have to push it down and rationalize it. And the same thing with sadness, you know, I will still, I will, cry more easily. Like the other day, my dad wanted to do this uh, family. He wanted to get my brothers and I together and share stories of his upbringing and all that stuff. And at the very beginning, he has started to introduce himself and when he was born and all this stuff. And it sounded like a eulogy or something. And I started to cry. And I don't think I've cried in front of my brothers and my dad in years, maybe decades. And they, we were on Zoom and they were like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just it sounds like the eulogy. I'm just, I'm just a little emotional. Go ahead. I'm good. <laughs> Which I would not have been comfortable with before. I would have excused myself or pretended I'm like, I got something in my eye or something. Right. Cause I just mm-hmm. wasn't used to expressing that level of emotion, but I'm, it's, it's still practice. It's still practicing, but I, I think I've, it's freedom. What you guys, the two of you are pointing to is really freedom, emotional psychological, physical freedom of expression that that you're both bringing. Um, Oh my gosh. And both of you have fascinating work, I think to accompany it. So if any of you have been listening to this conversation and wanted to go deeper, I'll make sure to put your courses and your books and websites and all that stuff so people can find you. Um, But now I wanna focus on this conversation. I obviously brought the two of you together, complete strangers (laughs) to have this conversation what what's been surprising to you out of our conversation
1: so far i think for me i don't know if it was a surprise per se but with i i love how rebecca embraces personal you can tell inner, her amy you can tell okay. her so i love <laughs> rebecca i love you no. <laughs> i love how you embrace still accessing your own personal wisdom with the tools that we offer um yeah that really came together nicely for me in this and i i was surprised i i was surprised but yet not at the same time i guess so what was that so meaningful for you amy that she did that i think because of how i mentioned my journey uh throughout this year of really running to experts trying to give me advice when i was feeling traumatic or unsafe in my life. And I gave away my power to others to tell me things. And one of them was an astrologist and they were more future predicting with me. And I was taking them uh, word for word because Mm -hmm. I failed in making decisions for my own life at the time. And um, I'm just very passionate going through that shadow moment, if you will, of really promoting yes we listen to experts but we sit with what they say and we make decisions for ourselves from our own inner wisdom we don't give our responsibility away for that so i thought that came together
2: really beautifully today Mm, so cool
0: rebecca about for you any surprises
2: you and both of you have reminded me of of books and uh things i've learned in the past that i forgot about Mm-hmm. So That's been kind of cool, you know. The I am that I am. I had heard that before, and power versus force. Of course, I thought of, heard of that years ago, but bringing all that back, and I and I loved Gary Zukov's book, Seed of the Soul. I still have the cassettes for his talk. <laughs> so he, he kind of reminded me and brought things back that were really meaningful to me. Part of the journey. The, how interesting! How we have all these tools available to us, you know, mm-hmm. and I really also like the fact that you do this in the corporate world. That's, I admire that. That's awesome. You know, because that's that whole environment. They really Beautiful. need something new, you know, to see that we are connected. You know, I love we yep. you, you can help them understand we, it's not us against them. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's both and not either, or, and it's, yep. all- all of us in this together we're all in this together if we don't get this <laughs> it's not gonna look pretty mm-hmm. you know and so that's why I feel like shadow work is so important it's like extremely important to the whole cosmos yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's like-
1: almost taking it into quantum leadership is what Rebecca's talking about where we recognize we're not just making decisions for our customers and our shareholders and our employees, we're making decisions for our communities and humanity and the planet and the resources we take from business as we operate. And it's a big, I mean, my book was written for the workplace and I put shadow work in it for leaders. So hopefully they're courageous enough to dive into it. Yay. Good deal. (laughs) And I think, you know, Rebecca, the, the
0: tools you bring, although focusing mostly on marriage, the relationship part I can see absolutely in the workplace when you think about people's bosses or coworkers and projections that we might have about them or the people who we attract, oh, I've had the same boss in five different jobs, right? <laughs> it could be some of the same things. So um, it might be interesting at some point if the two of you have more opportunity to connect, that there may be some overlap or opportunities for you to fill out each other's, I don't know, oh, how- or compliment the compliments so nicely.
1: You just reminded me hundred percent. I had a client that kept saying, he's just like my dad. He's just like my father. You know, he's just like, my boss is just like my father. And this was a really great presenter and they just couldn't get it together mm. to go present because he's just like, he just keeps reminding me of my father and I, you know, nothing's good enough and totally it all mm-hmm. interflows inter- between the two for sure. Yeah. What's,
2: what's amazing is when we do see a shadow quality in another person, we can't see anything else. Mm. They're, all, they're not that one flavor. They have lots of different parts. Yeah. And, you know, as an astrologer, I, mean, I don't really call us a gist. It's an astrologer. As an astrologer, I can see all the different parts and all of those parts need to be lived by you. Mm. So if you're, if you're not living a certain aspect of yourself, you're going to project it you will You have to that's the only way that's the only way you're going to see yourself yeah and the, the more and more and more you own the less you project and and i'm not saying i'm done because i am not i mean somebody pushed my buttons at my party he was so drunk he was so obnoxious and he was out of control and nobody else acts like that nobody so you know kind of what you said about boundaries. Like saying for the whole group, it isn't a good idea for somebody to be falling over drunk and slurring their words and getting up and screaming in the kitchen where you can hear them all the way to the living room, you know, all that kind of stuff. That there may be a boundary issue with that person that I need to sit down and talk to, Mm -hmm. and that it was pushing my buttons because I wished he would quiet down, you know? Um, So it's not over yet. (laughs) I still have an issue. Right. And that was a party, (laughs) push my buttons, that he was being so loud.
0: Uh, Uh, Um, I'm also curious about what was, um, what are you both? Well, obviously you've shared what you've been surprised by and what you're taking out of this conversation. What's something that you wish the other person knew, or you wish you would know about the other person? Like Rebecca, something you wish you'd know more about Amy and Amy, something that you'd wish you'd know more
2: about Rebecca. That well, that's, be, that's yeah. easy. I, I'd love to see your birth chart. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> um, because I can just by hearing you speak, I can hear some of the archetypes coming alive. Mm. So it'd be really cool to see it. <laughs> okay. I'm happy to uh, do that with you. <laughs> okay.
0: I, I think have- you'll enjoy it, Amy. It'll be
1: good. She's good. I have,
2: I have a, a YouTube channel. Channel, and I have something called You in Astrology that I do like a 30 minute free consultation for whoever is willing to be my guinea pig. And I will just take their chart and just focus on something different and unique that would be helpful to them and tell them a little bit about themselves. And so I'll invite you to come be on it. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's actually what I was curious about because I put aside accessing any sort of expert advice for the past few months to just live within my higher self but I am really curious because I know you're a seventh house expert and I know that that's the relationship house and I don't think I even have any planets in the seventh house but I'm in a very um loving happy relationship right now so good well I'd be curious to see how that went how you know (laughs) the take on that no fortune telling but you know the take on that (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah you know, and I don't do predictions I don't tell yeah. somebody this is going to happen or that's going to happen I don't know what's going to happen there's nobody knows what's going to happen there's such an amazing ability to see so many possibilities within an archetype mm. so predictive astrology was never appealing to me it was the psychological part of it that was appealing to me I really like the fact that we can know more about ourselves I love that
0: yeah, yeah. I love that That's one of the reasons I think the the work that you do, Rebecca, was so meaningful to me because yeah, I wasn't I wasn't curious or that keen on trying to figure out what's my future hold Mm -hmm. and how is my personality gonna do XYZ, but really understanding some of the areas that I wasn't acknowledging or the areas of my life that I was growing. And, And I think I remember in our session, you pointed I was like, man, I feel like there's this all this spiritual stuff happening. Like, what's that about? And is that going to be forever? And you pointed out this is where you are right now and this is where things are lining up. And I'm
2: like, oh. And it, and it isn't almost- that, I, you know, I can't do that. Like I just had somebody come Sunday and he wanted to know what's going on. And I could see that there was a T-square to his Mars with his Uranus opposition, which means that he's going through major changes and making major decisions. This is like midlife. Yeah. This is like ma- midlife, but yeah. I don't know. Decisions are going to be. No, I don't know what future holds holds for him, but I do know he's been angry (laughs) because that's a square from Mars, (laughs) powerful T square, and he said I've been really frustrated. I said I guess so, you know. And that's a natal square there anyway, so that is a part of you that you carry with you. But with with Uranus opposing it and then squaring it at the same time, it triggers it. So there are things I can see for sure but I don't know how you're going to deal with it. And I don't know where it's leading. Obviously everything is meaningful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Everything is part of our evolution. I look at life that way. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is meaningful, no matter even this guy who's mad, you know, that I'm kind of irked at. I'm <laughs> going to sit and talk with him. I'm going to sit face to face and have a conversation because I'm I'm actually concerned about his health too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that what something that's coming up for me I've been thinking about it how I would approach it is that I am really concerned about him I've known him for 20 years and he's overdoing it so there must be some depression in there that is not coming up that has to come up and and be dealt with you know not that it's my job to not that it's my job to fix him or save him but I want to come for more empathy than just stop being a jerk at my parties you know what I mean? <laughs> well look I was
0: Thank you both so much, I think, for, for sharing so profoundly your gifts, your insights, the, the challenges that you have, the challenges that you so support other people in, in uncovering. Uh, so I think all of this this conversation, I think, will spur, hopefully spur and inspire some people to start looking at things from a different angle and reframe some of the challenges that we've experienced as actual blessings in the disguise to get to know ourselves better, to free up some aspect of ourselves. Um, Any
1: final words before we close? Thank you so much.
2: You know, this has been fun.
1: Yeah, it was the first time I've done this. So thank you. It was great to meet you, Rebecca, and hear your insights. And I think my final words would just be, if we believe in our work and in everything we do, that means we believe that people can have experiences that radically change them for the better. Yes, And to accept that and that we can create our own lives, um, no matter what energies are surrounding us.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, our, it's still yeah. our responsibility. Yep. Everything is still our responsibility. So it all goes back to the source. Yeah. Mm, Love 100%. it. 100%. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: thank you so much, ladies. Thank you to everyone else who tuned in. Have a wonderful rest of the day, everybody. Thank you.